97.9 The Hill, WCHO, and the UNC Hustman School of Journalism and Media present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carroll Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC Journalism Professor Charlie Tuggle. Welcome to Sports Focus 2021 edition. Our topic today, the odd 2020 fall sports season, which officially culminates in a few days with the national championship in college football. Our guest, Matt Andrews, who teaches sports history at UNC. So, Matt, uh, doing a little bit of research for this class uh, or for this uh, show, I wanted to see what other people were saying about how weird this season has been. And uh, 538 had, a, I thought, an interesting line saying the COVID report was more important than the injury report, <laughs> uh, which, yeah. you know, applies to both college and, and pro. Um, and, did, and something else that uh, 538 said about the season, I want to wait to get into, uh, but it has to do with favorites and how favorites fared during this season. One of the sure. other questions, though, that has arisen, and that I think bears some discussion, uh, even though it's it's a bit of a moot point, but still it's a good topic for discussion is should we have played college football? Yeah, thanks for having me, Charlie. I always enjoy coming on this show. Um, yeah, you've asked a lot of questions there. I, I, I definitely want to get to that that last one. I have a pretty strong opinion on that. But yeah, uh, we've. I, I was about to say we've never seen anything like this. But we have. It was 102 years ago. In, in, in 1918, we had something very similar where the, the influenza epidemic was tearing through the United States after World War I as the soldiers came back and the college football season started. And most teams played about four or five games. And then so many people were getting sick. So many players were getting sick that uh, college football programs, colleges and university presidents, they just said, that's enough. We're, we're going to stop. I think the Co-national champions were Pittsburgh and Michigan in 1918. Talking football here, obviously. They both played four, maybe five games. The big difference between then and today, obviously, is that there is so much more money on the line. So people did everything that they could to make sure that the games would be played. So one of the one of the arguments for doing that was, you know, if you don't play college football, you can forget playing anything else. Right. at the college level because college football and to some degree basket, men's basketball funds everything. So if we don't play college football, that's it for college sports for the foreseeable future. Well, and, and that's true. Um, and I heard that argument a lot. I got to be honest, Charlie, I never quite understood that argument because if we're going on the assumption that we can't play college football, then why should we have lacrosse or volleyball or start up a basketball season. Um, it just seemed to me that, well, I mean, football is, it's the bellwether sport. It's, it's the horse that, that, that pulls the, the plow. You know, I, I, I'm looking at the numbers at schools like Ohio State, and they're indicative of the way the whole system works. They make, you know, $200 million a year playing football. It does, other than men's basketball, which, which pays for itself. It absolutely pays for everything. So that is true. That's absolutely true. Had there not been college football, there would have been no money to play anything else. I just don't understand the logic of playing those other sports if we're not playing football. But we did play football. 
So that makes it possible for the other sports to potentially have a season when yep. many of them, the spring sports coming up, uh, tennis, lacrosse, you know, you mentioned some of the others didn't really have a, a spring season in 2020. So for those athletes to go without the, the opportunity to compete for two straight seasons, yep. I can see it from their, their position. That would be devastating. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and I'm sure like I have, you have spoken with uh, student athletes at UNC and most of them, almost all of them want to play sports. I absolutely understand that. And I do not um, deny them their right to, to feel that way. Uh, I just wonder if cooler heads ought to prevail and if more responsible frames of mind ought to step in and say, you know what, we're just not going to be playing these sports. And you know what, Charlie, we will see if we are going to play those sports, because as you know, the numbers are surging everywhere. Um, uh, I was just looking at the recent numbers around here and they are going up, up, up. And the university is going to make a call, I think tomorrow, whether we're actually going to start on time or whether we're going to, which is already delayed or whether we're going to start with some face-to-face -face instruction. So I'm skeptical about whether those sports are going to happen anyway. I mean, let's not forget the Duke women's basketball program has already called it quits. Um, yeah. They just said, we're not going to, to do this. And I think it's possible particularly without that, that strong financial incentive to run those sports that we're gonna see more and more of these uh, spring sports programs like baseball programs being canceled. Yeah, I, I suspect that might be the case. Uh, being the libertarian that I am, uh -huh. uh, it, 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 it occurs to me that if a team, you know, uh, and, and players, individual players have a chance to opt out, if a team says we really want to play and they have some opponents who have said the same thing, why not? Yeah, I, uh, I don't, uh, I, I do have a libertarian streak in me too, although it's, it's, it's winnowing these days a little bit, <laughs> but, um, but it, uh, I think that, you know, when it, the, the purpose of a university, and I, and I don't think you would disagree with this, Charlie, uh, one of the, its, its fundamental purposes is to assure the well-being of its students. And so no matter how much the wrestlers want to wrestle, if there is concern, and there are concerns out there, we're not just talking about COVID, we're talking about like myocarditis and things that we just don't even understand yet about what COVID is doing to these athletic fit bodies. Uh, if there's compelling information or at least not enough information assuring us that they should be allowed to compete, I think it's reasonable to ask the question, should we allow this to happen? Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking with Matt Andrews about uh, the college football, but college sports in general. But I do want to, Matt, jump back into football because we're right on the cusp of the, of the national championship game. Right. And uh, I, I mentioned the article in 538 Sports. And another thing that I found fascinating, in fact, it was the crux of the article, is that this has been, and, and uh, you know, correlation does not equal causality. We know that. Mm -hmm. Right. But this has been the most dominant season for top teams in yeah. recent memory. In other words, if you were predicted to win your championship, you won your championship. That's interesting. Isn't that odd? Yeah. Well, I, I, I had not heard that. It makes sense to me. 
Um, look, we're, I think we're starting to see this in college football more and more anyway. The, the rich are just getting richer. The big are just getting bigger. You know, go look at the, at the locker rooms at Clemson and Alabama and just realize the allure that these places have to 17 and 18-year-old re- recruits. And, you know, so we've just got this, this sort of superpower arms race that I feel like is, is replicating itself in, in college football. Um, but also there weren't schools out there really that could pull a surprise because so many other conferences decided that, you know, we're just not going to, to do this. So the big powerful schools and the big powerful conferences, and I get it, look, there was so much money invested in this. You know, the big 10 has a two and a half billion dollar TV contract uh, with uh, ESPN or Fox, or maybe a combination there thereof. There's so much incentive to play. The big boys were going to play. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm not surprised to hear that these powerful programs rose to the top in this particular year. And I do think we'll continue to do so, which frankly, Charlie, I, and I'll ask you this. This is why one of the reasons why I actually find college football, it's one of the reasons I find it not terribly interesting. We just don't get surprises like we do in college basketball, for for example, where a school like Loyola of Chicago can go to the Final Four. You're just not ever going to see anything like that in college football, the way the system is structured, in my opinion. Well, that goes to the argument that the group of five schools don't have a chance to play for the championship. I mean, Cincinnati uh, is an example, played extremely well this year. I thought one of the most entertaining games one of the most competitive games of the whole bowl season was Coastal Carolina and Liberty. Right, right. right. Or, and and yeah. neither one of them, regardless of if they if they went 22-0, and 0, which obviously is not possible, but if <laughs> right. they ran the table and, and killed their opponents, uh, figuratively speaking, every single, every single game, they have no chance of getting yeah. to the Final Four. And, and once again, this is what I absolutely love about college basketball. And actually, this is not an argument that we should necessarily be playing college basketball, but that's a different argument. We're talking about the larger structure of these, these sports systems. We, we, we celebrate Cinderella's when we watch college basketball. It's what makes the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, far and away the, the best college uh, sports tournament, I, I assume the Frozen Four and other things, people might make an argument for that. But we just see absolutely nothing like that at college football. Charlie, you and I pretty much could have predicted, maybe we wouldn't have said Notre Dame, but we could have predicted the Final Four in college football, even not being college football experts necessarily at the start of the football season. Well, three of the four, uh, Notre Dame yeah. was not that highly ranked, but uh, right. Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson were the top three. Right. And, and two sure. of those still remain and one of them beat the third one. So that's right. Uh, so that that certainly is the case. But, you know, there's been talk and I'm a proponent of expanding uh, the, the playoffs from four to six or maybe even eight teams. Yeah, I, I, I suppose if if you buy into the idea of college football, right, uh, then that makes sense, because the way the system is now, I mean, I'm going to make the prediction right now for three of the final four teams next year, Ohio State. Alabama and Clemson. I see no reason why those three teams aren't going to be there again. I don't know. Maybe one of them won't be. Um, I do think that if you want to sell, well, they're doing a pretty good job selling college football. If there's one thing that that, that we see over and over and over is that Americans want to watch football, college and 
professional football. So I don't know why they would listen to what I'm saying. But if you want to make it more popular, in my opinion, you would bring other schools in, give a, give a Cincinnati, give a Coastal Carolina, give a BYU, give a Boise State, you know, uh, a chance to actually upset some of these um, some of these teams. Give them a fair shot. That's what sports are supposed to be about. One of the arguments uh, that I've heard uh, espoused against expanding is that, well, they're already playing 13 games and, yeah. but you know, seriously, they're, they're, they're essentially pro athletes. Right? Well, Charlie, so, I, so, yeah. so they play one more game. I think we're sort of getting to the crux of the issue here actually, is that uh, what are college football players? And I, I think that college presidents and athletic directors, well, if you're at a Clemson and Notre Dame and Ohio State and Alabama, the system is working. So why would you want to change anything, right? Um, but I, I do think they're in this interesting position where they're trying to sort of make the, I'll call it the moral argument about, no, they have to go to class and, we, and, and, and we're concerned with their safety. With this argument that is very much based in this idea that college football is a money-making venture. Um, so, right, when, when they start saying we're concerned about classroom time and we're concerned about the health and well-being, I got to be honest, Charlie, I kind of roll my eyes. Uh, I think that's people protecting the system that they're invested in and a system that is very much working for them uh, at this present day. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking about how weird the 2020 uh, college football season and college sports in general uh, was uh, in, in that strange year. Uh, we're talking with Matt Andrews. And uh, Matt, we've gotten into a discussion of, of sort of the, the makeup of college sports, especially college football. And we know it's the driver. We know it's the financial driver. We know sports in general can't happen at co uh, on college campuses financially, if not for football. And and yet, you know, we we have alluded to the um, the arms race and all these exorbitant. I've I've done several shows about these exorbitant uh, training facilities and all the amenities that players have and. And they're, you know, they're supposed to be student athletes. Uh, uh, our our um, campus newspaper has, has, has said, we're not using that term anymore, student athlete, because right. it's a, it's a made up term from the NC2A, all that kind of stuff. Uh, all that to say, and yeah. those facilities do make a difference for these programs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, I, I, I find myself both in the classroom and just <laughs> sitting at bus stops being a, a, a critic of, of big time college football. But I try to imagine myself being a 17 or an 18 year old and going to Clemson where they have barbershops and bowling alleys. And I'm not talking about the campus wide. I'm talking about the, the football facility. They have miniature golf I would have been a gog. I just would have said, where do I sign? So, you know, I don't uh, question or begrudge any 17, 18 or 19 year old for, for signing up for this. But, you know, Charlie, I, I, I think um, it was Christine Brennan of USA Today who made a really interesting argument at the start of the college football season. And she said, because programs have, have built these, these monstrous, you know, Disneyland-like locker rooms, which cost hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe I'm overstating that, tens of millions of dollars, they're, they're in the hole. They, they have to make that money up. 
And the only way you can make that money up is you have to play. I mean, there is a financial imperative to play the game, even if you're going to be putting your, I guess I'm not supposed to say student athletes, even if you're uh, going to be putting your players' uh, health at, at risk. So the, the sort of college football industrial complex, to borrow a term from Eisenhower, you know, we've, we've created this system where colleges are so literally so invested in football that they have to play football. So I, I wanted to get into a couple of things that, that, that some coaches who get yeah. who are very well compensated yeah. uh, for, for coaching football have, have said and uh, have you respond to them. So Dabo sure. Swinney is one of them. He questioned whether uh, Ohio State should even be considered for the playoffs. I actually happen to agree with him on that. You know, so one team, let's say Alabama, mm -hmm. Alabama would have to win 13 games to win the national championship. Ohio State's going to have to win eight games to win the national championship. Okay, I understand that. That, that doesn't seem quite fair. But by the same token, he was really pushing his quarterback for the Heisman. But your quarterback missed games. Hmm, that's interesting. So don't you apply the same logic? Uh, and I do think he's one of the best players in the country. Obviously, he's a Heisman Trophy finalist. Yeah, but right. He's going to be. The first don't you pick have to apply the same logic on in both areas? You know, Charlie, I I hadn't thought of that. I I think that's right. I think you do. I don't necessarily disagree with Dabo Swinney with his argument there, but I right. I I think he's being hypocritical there. Um, to be honest, it's not the even close to the to the comment that that, that bothered me the most coming from from Davo Swinney this year. Um, I was really perturbed by his accusation that when Florida State wanted to cancel a game because they had concerns about the high number of COVID cases, I don't know, I forget whether it was in their program or in the Clemson program, he said that they were cowards and that they were ducking playing the the game. It's the same thing that the Nick Saban family recently said about Ohio State. Ohio State is concerned about playing the game because of the rising number of, of COVID cases. And they have made the accusation that they're just stalling so their quarterback can 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 get healthy. Justin Fields taking that that vicious rib shot um, in the football game the other day. Um, so yeah, I I think I agree with you with the logic of Swinney there. I think what I'm trying to do right now maybe is point out some of the comments of his that I have found even more distasteful. Well, it it, it does seem to be kind of human nature when you become widely known. Yeah. You tend to think that we all want to know what you think about everything. Well, when you have uh, 100 microphones <laughs> put in your face every single day, I think you have a right to think that. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in the final 30 seconds that we have, uh, as strange as it's been, and uh, I, I think you told me that you haven't watched a single down of college football this year. You know, Are you so, yeah. going to watch the national championship game? And if so, or whether you watch it or not, who do you think is going to win? Well, I would never bet against Alabama just because in the arms race through the, the United States. Um, no, I'm actually not going to watch it. Um, I, I, I've, been, I've been a hypocrite, Charlie, the last um, 10 or 15 years. I've been critical of college football, but I still find myself watching college football on Saturday. This was the season playing during this pandemic with all of the studies coming out about what um, COVID might be doing to the, to the hearts um, of these young men playing football. This is the season that finally broke me 
I will read who won it the next day, but I will not be watching the game. And that does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest, Matt Andrews. Thanks also to producer Chip Sweeney. And as always, thanks to you for listening. Cheers. Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is a service of UNC's Hussman School of Journalism and Media.